the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Right, come with me to Second Kings chapter 10, verse 16 to 17 as we continue our series teaching. Those of you who are online, excellencies at large, it's a joy to be with you tonight and we trust that you are getting blessed already. Then he said, come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Somebody say, come see my zeal for the Lord. Say it aloud, come see my zeal for the Lord. And that zeal motivated him, led him to take a certain action. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 to 11. The Bible says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. And then number 11, the Bible says, Never be lacking in... Oh, say it with energy. Never be lacking in... Never be lacking in... Uh Uh-huh, but... Oh, say it aloud. Keep your spiritual. That means it can be lost. Do you see that? It can be lost. It can be lost. And it's hard to say that there are many in church who have lost their zeal for the Lord. Nothing stimulates them. Nothing at all stimulates them. They've lost their spiritual fervor. You know, (laughs) it's interesting. In the book of Revelation, he says, you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. So you can have a name that you are alive, but your passion is dead. Your zeal is gone. Your spiritual fever is gone. Anyone that is in such a state, I pray that tonight it shall be re kindle again. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. It says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep it. Somebody say, keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Keep it. There are things that will fight to quench your zeal for God. Never be lacking in it. It means you can lack in it. And then he says, keep your spiritual fervor. He didn't say the Holy Ghost will keep it for you. He didn't say your pastor will keep it for you. He said, keep it. Keep it. In the book of Jude, he said that unto him who is able to keep that which you have committed to his trust. There are things we commit to God to keep for us. There are things we are commanded by God to keep. Somebody say, I'm commanded to keep. Say my spiritual fervor, my spiritual fervency. Say my zeal is my responsibility. You have to keep it. Satan will attack it, but you have to protect it. You see, your zeal, in a sense, can be described as your spiritual hard disk. It drives you. There is no computer without a hard disk that will work. There is a, a motherboard that controls it. Nikwe will call it a motherboard. Abi. That's what controls the ACs. Uh-huh. When 
it is touched, it doesn't work again. Beautiful AC by to blow nothing. And there are beautiful Christians who blow nothing. They blow nothing into the kingdom. God cannot do much with them because what God needs them to possess in order to do much with them is not there. And that's what we call zeal. Somebody says zeal. And that zeal can be measured. It can be lost. Because it can be lost, you can also tell whether you have it or not. We said it's visible. When a Christian is zealous, you don't struggle to tell. Because the biblical markers are there. The biblical indicators are all clear in scripture. No matter how high you say it. Oh me, I know, I know, I know my relationship with God. I know everything is fine. You are deceiving yourself. The Bible said, be not deceived. A lot of people walk in self-deception. Turn your neighbor and say, tell yourself the truth. Turn to your neighbor and say, you can lie to everybody. But stop lying to yourself. Very important. When the zeal is going, you can tell. And we said, our zeal must be directed. He said, never be lacking in zeal. Zeal in what? Zeal in fellowship. Somebody say zeal in fellowship. Yeah, coming to church. When you see that your joy in coming to church is going down, it's a pointer that your zeal is going down. Church doesn't excite you anymore. Other things now take your passion, take your drive. Other things take your energy more than church. It's a sure sign that your love and your commitment to God is going down. Amen? Amen. I told you that there are people who are backslided and they don't even know they've backslided. Their salvation is intact, but their usefulness to God is zero. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what ultimately will define your placement with God. That's what defines your ultimate placement in God. Faith in Christ secures you a place. The Bible says in the book of Titus, I think Titus chapter 2 verse 9 there about, give me Titus, like that scripture. It said the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness. 11. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared unto all, all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this, or oh, in this, uh-huh, verse 13. He said, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Jesus. verse 14. He said, who gave himself for us that he might Redeemer. say it, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. From all what? Impurify unto himself a peculiar zealous of zealous of you have to be zealous of good. That's the reason for your redemption. That I'm saved doesn't mean anything. You are saved. That's okay. It's true you are saved. But that does not earn you any place. You see, salvation doesn't get anybody any gift. No, 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 no. Salvation. (laughs) It's a gift. Free gift that God has given you. Your gift to him is what you do after you are saved. And that's what determines. When the Bible says we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that's what the Bible is talking about. The judgment of the believer is not the judgment of condemnation. It's the judgment of works. He said, we shall all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. And we shall give account whatsoever we did in our body, whether it be good or wrong. He was not talking about judgment as in condemnation. No. The believer has passed from that judgment. He says, if we believe in Christ, we are passed. He that believes in Christ has passed from death to life. So that's not the judgment that is awaiting us. The judgment that is awaiting the believer is the judgment of works. 
And that's what the Bible says. Some people, whatever they build, if you build with gold, hay, stubble, all of those things are going to be judged. That's why people will be in heaven, but they are sorrowful in heaven. Yeah, it's amazing. I remember, I think the, uh, the live theater, they did a drama some time back. When you come to heaven and you see all that you could have become, but you couldn't become. Yeah. The lines that you could have touched, but you couldn't touch. The people you could have influenced with your worth, but you didn't. The people who could have been saved through you, but are nothing in hell. That alone will keep you in sorrow and pain. You will be surprised. It's not about your salvation. For salvation is not the challenge at all. Faith in Christ secures it. But what you do? He says the reason why you were redeemed is so that you may become zealous unto good works. The Bible says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. Good works. Good works. So we talked about the fact that first zeal must be directed towards the house of God. Somebody say the house of God. The house of God. The house of God. You must never lose your joy in coming to church. It's a habit and a discipline you must cultivate. Don't accept excuses given by yourself to yourself why you can't come to church. Challenge those excuses until you have overcome them. Because you always have them. You will always have them. You will always have them. And then, of course, we talked about the zeal for soul winning. Somebody said the zeal for soul winning. The Bible said, for though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory in for necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this willingly, yeah, I have a reward. Verse 17. But if against my will, a dispensation of the gospel is committed to my trust, may we not fail our generation. I said, may we not fail our generation. Paul said, if I do this willingly, I have a reward. But if I don't do it, if it's against my will, a dispensation. This is my season. You know, Esther was told, he said, for who knows you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. That's what Paul is saying. That this is my own season to fulfill my mandate. May you not fail your generation. Amen. Somebody say, I won't fail my generation. Alright, so we looked at the fact that Jesus was zealous for lost souls. He was so zealous that hunger couldn't move him. So last week we talked about 15 attributes. We started talking about 15 attributes of a zealous soul winner. Who is a zealous soul winner? Am I a zealous soul winner? How do I know whether my zeal for souls is intact? Number one, a zealous soul winner is motivated by love. Somebody say motivated by love. Yeah. There are many motivations for soul winning, but the greatest of motivation is love. For God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son. Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 14, 5, verse 14, he said, For the love of Christ compels us, compels us, compels us. Not a church program, the love of Christ. The reason why anybody you encounter, you want to share the gospel with, you want to engage them, whether they are born again, whether they are bound for heaven, whether they know they are saved for sure, is because of the love of Christ. When the love of Christ is burning hot in your heart, you will constantly be engaging everyone you get. May the love of Christ burn hotter in your life. Number two, we say a zealous soul winner understands that nothing is as valuable to God as a soul. Somebody say nothing. Say nothing. Nothing is as valuable to God as, as a soul. Nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing 
is as valuable to God as a soul. The value of a soul is worth far much more than all the diamond fields of the world. Nothing compares to it in value. What shall a man give in exchange for his soul? What shall I profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his soul? Number three, we said a zealous soul winner understands that his foremost ministry as a Christian is soul winning. Somebody say, my foremost ministry. Say, my foremost ministry. As a Christian, your foremost ministry is to be a soul winner. Once you are born again, the same chapter. He says, if any man be in Christ, a new creature, all things are passed away, all things are becoming. In the same breath, he said, now that you are a new creation, you are also an ambassador. Somebody say, I'm an ambassador. Yeah, I'm an ambassador. Ambassadors don't place phone calls to tell their home country that they need money. No. The only thing an ambassador needs to do in order for his home country to be committed to him is to mind the business of his home country. Praise God. That's all. As long as he's committed to the business of his home country, his home country is committed to him. <laughs> That's why Jesus said, go and bring forth food that your food, that whatever you ask, your home country is as committed to you as you are committed to their cause. He says, go, go bring forth fruit. Let them abide. Then whatsoever you ask, whatsoever you ask, <laughs> that is the basis of commitment. Somebody say basis of commitment. He said, go. He said, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. I have a long list for you. You must hear me. Say you. <laughs> Jesus says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all other things shall be added unto you. When the kingdom becomes your primary responsibility, it becomes committed to you naturally. You see, one of the things that moves God much more than your prayers is your obedience. Somebody say obedience. It's more important to God than your prayer. It's more powerful than your prayer. You can pray all you know to pray. If you are walking in disobedience, forget it. Yeah. Yeah. He says, seek this first. He says, no, I will seek it tenth. Say you... <laughs> <laughs> I know how to pray. My voice shall down here in the morning. The priorities are misplaced. Number four, we said a zealous soul will not pursue lost souls as a lifestyle, not as a church program. Somebody say as a lifestyle. As a lifestyle. It's your lifestyle. It's your lifestyle. It's your lifestyle. The Bible said, I charge you before God who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing. Preach the word, be instant in season and out of season. Every opportunity you get, use it to engage people. I told you last week, there are people you meet and you never meet them again. And some of them, you may be their last point of contact before they exit the planet. Yeah. Then number five, we said a zealous soul winner is not ashamed. Somebody says he's not ashamed. How many of us are shy? You know that you are naturally shy. <laughs> you are shy. Okay. You can be shy about everything. Don't bring your shyness to this place. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Overcome the shyness. Yeah. Overcome it. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Somebody say, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed. Say, I'm not ashamed. Of the gospel. In fact, 2 Timothy 1.8, he said, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. Don't be ashamed of me, nor of his testimony. That you know Christ, that you are born again, that you speak in tongues. Don't be ashamed. You see, one of the mark of a spiritual man is that he is not ashamed of spiritual things. 
they publicly identify with spiritual things. It's not because I'm a pastor, but even if I was not a pastor, wherever I will be, the first thing I want people to know for real is that I'm a Christian. Before I became a when I was doing my national service, I was not a pastor. But they were calling me pastor. Because that's what I wanted them to see. There is no secret disciple of Christ. Amen? Yeah. You are not the first CIA agent from heaven. Heaven has no CIA agent or BNI people. No, no, no. no. They are very public. Yeah. When you are zealous, when we come to your department and we ask, oh, I'm looking for uh, Barbara, they say, oh, Sofo. That's a zealous person. They say, oh, Sofo. Am I communicating here? Yeah. But you, people will not even, ah, hey, of course, sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's fake. Your passion is low. Be truthful to yourself. You know, me, I don't like people. No. Don't you proudly tell people that you work in Echo Bank? Yeah, you are proud that you work in Echo Bank. You are proud that you are a businesswoman. You are proud that you are so and so. But you are not as proud of being a Christian. Number six, we said a zealous soul winner understand that effective soul winning demands going constantly. Somebody say going constantly. Yeah, Matthew 28, 19. He said, go to all nations and preach the gospel. When it comes to John chapter 15, verse 16, he said, you did not choose me. Somebody say, I didn't choose him. Say, I didn't choose him. Yeah. You did not choose me. But I chose you. And then ordain you to sit. I ordain you to what? I appointed you that you should sit. You should do what? Go and bear forth fruit. It's going. It's going constantly on the go. Constantly on the go. That's a soul winner. As a lifestyle. As a lifestyle. Not that uh, church is doing it. As a lifestyle. You sit in taxi, you don't have a car, you sit in taxi every day. Sit in trotro every day. Somebody to your left, somebody to your right. And you can comfortably have things in your ears. You won't talk to anybody. Just move on. Am I communicating here? Yes. Number seven. That's what we ended last week, right? A zealous soul winner understands that effective soul winning is impossible without the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's continue tonight. A zealous soul winner possesses uncommon compassion for lost souls. Somebody say compassion. compassion. Say compassion. 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 The Bible said in Jude 1, 22, so number 8, a zealous soul winner possesses uncommon compassion for lost souls. On some have compassion making a difference. And but others with fear pulling them out of the fire. Jude 1, 22 and 23. Thank you for that. On some have compassion. Somebody say have compassion. have compassion. Say have compassion. Have compassion. Yeah, compassion. It's compassion that will move you. Compassion is love in motion. That's compassion. Love in action. That is compassion. Making a distinction. He said, all the same with fear. Pulling them out of the fire. Why are you compassionate? Because there's a fire that is coming. There's a fire that is not prepared for humans. But if humans don't accept God's gift, that fire is for real. 
that people they know that God is too merciful that he can burn people with fire. It's actually a theological stand in some churches today. In the West, it's quite uh, pronounced. People don't believe that there is anything like hell. But hell is real. Somebody say hell is real. Jesus talked about hell. It's real. It's real. Look at what Jesus said. When he met the uh, woman at the well. In the meantime, his disciples urged him saying, Rabbi, eat. But he said, I have food to eat of which you do not know. Therefore, the disciples said, has anyone brought him anything to eat? He had eaten nothing, but compassion had eaten him up. He was full of compassion that he had forgotten that he had not eaten. That which was driving him spiritually was more than his natural uh, instincts. Look at Mark chapter 6 verse 34. Mark 6 34. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude and was moved with what? He was moved with what? He was moved with what? Compassion. He was moved with compassion. He was moved. He was moved with compassion. Luke 10.33 But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he had compassion. Somebody said he came where he was. You see, you will have compassion on people when you learn to come to where they are. The moment you identify with people where they are, it's easy. You can laugh about a young lady who is prostituting her life away. Say, get away me who they hano. I say, baby, one so. No, no, no. If you come to think that you could also have been in the same or worse similar situation, you will feel compassion towards them. When all the others were passing, the Levite came, he passed, the priest came, he passed, because they never imagined that that could happen to them. They never imagined that that could happen. You see, compassion is when you begin to feel what other people are feeling. That's compassion. Compassion. Number nine, a zealous soul winner prioritizes soul winning above every other pursuit in his life. He makes it a priority. Above every other thing. Somebody say every other thing. Say it every other thing. One of the proofs of what is valuable to you is what is on your to-do list as first. The things that you do first. If you are not doing anything, what number one thing will you do? That's what shows that this is important to you. When you don't have time at all, what will you do? When you are tight pressed, what will you do? What will you do? The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Somebody say the kingdom of God. Jesus said, don't you know that I must be about my father's business? Don't you know? It's my father's business. He saw it as business. Don't you know I must be about my father's business? Every opportunity he had, John chapter 9 verse 4, he said, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. He was conscious of the fact that a time is coming, he will not be able to speak to anybody. Do you know a time is coming, you can't speak to anybody? Eh? <laughs> you see, apart from the fact that a time is coming that people you should have spoken to, you won't find them to speak to them because they may have died or something. A time is also coming where even when you want to do it, you can do it. Let's look at Luke chapter 16. Luke chapter 16. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Luke 16 verse 19. There was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple every day. So it was the beggar died and was carried by angels to Abraham's bosom. Verse 22. The rich man also died and was buried. 
And being in torments in Hades, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off and Lazarus in his bosom. Then he cried, said, Father Abraham, have mercy and send Lazarus that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in this dream. But Abraham said, son, remember that in your lifetime. Somebody say in your lifetime. You see, soul winning is a business that is only engaged in our lifetime. We do it when we are alive. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He said, to die is better for me, but to live with you is good so that I can continue. Because the moment I die, all my efforts have ended. He says, likewise, Lazarus evil things. Then look at this man who has become an evangelist all of a sudden. He was sad to talk about people. He was sad because of his position. He was sad because of his money. He was sad because of his influence. But now he has come to a place. Look at this. He said, verse 27. Then he said, I beg you therefore, Father, that you will send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers. <laughs> I have what? Five brothers. That he may testify to them, lest they also come to this place of torment. Verse 29. He says, But Abraham said to him, They have Moses and prophets. Let them hear them. Then the man said, No, Father Abraham. But if one goes from the dead, <laughs> they will repent. One of the people I don't waste my time on are people who say, I died, I came back, and I saw this secular videos. When you see some video, then send it to me. I don't waste my time on such things at all. Because usually those who believe them are people who are ignorant of the Bible. Yeah, people actually believe those things more than the word of God. That's what this man is saying. That no, 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 if somebody comes from the dead. No, 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 you're a joker. <laughs> if somebody comes from the dead, they will believe. No, no, no. He said if they will not believe, forget it. Yeah. So I'm telling you, if you didn't know before, don't send me anything like that. I will call you and discipline you. <laughs> No, no, no. It's because if you don't know your Bible, that's when you see, ah. But if you know the Bible, all the things that sometimes, they, some of them, they've not seen anything. They just speak the Bible and they, they, they just not. No, 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 no. Some of them say, I saw somebody, all those who don't wear duku, they didn't go to heaven. Shame on you. You are not born again. I saw this man of God there. Do you know what takes people to hell? <laughs> I don't know, but lately, my strong passion is to move people from babyhood. Yeah, I really, really, really want to see people grow and mature. I am losing my patience for a lot of baby things in the church. You have to grow up. You have to grow up. Paul said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of God. If you want to really grow, if you really want to know God, you know him from here. If you can't know him from this book, forget it. Praise God. Forget it. Forget it. God all through the ages gave revelation through diverse means. In the book of Hebrews, he said, God who through in the time past spoke to us by the prophets. In the last days has spoken to us by his son. Spoken to us through his son. So what the son is saying, if it doesn't make sense to you, forget it. Nothing else will matter. He said, I have five brothers. Send someone and then they will be saved. He said, it's too late. Where you are, you can't go. And they can also come. Somebody say, this is my opportunity. Say, this is my opportunity. Yeah. There is no other reason why God saved you and kept you on earth. Let me tell you. It's not to build a house. It's not to buy a car. It's not to go to school. It's not to do anything. So when you use any of these as an excuse not to mind the kingdom business, you are wasting your purpose for existence. 
Am I communicating here? Yeah. You see, when you are carnal or you are not spiritual, your values are natural and material. But when you become a spiritual person, you look at things from a heavenly perspective. You look at things from a heavenly perspective. When you got saved, if God needed you in heaven, he could have just raptured you. He left you here. Not just to pursue a degree on that. It's all good. But that's not God's primary assignment for you on the earth. His primary assignment is so that through you, others, he says, now you are my ambassadors. Somebody say now. Give me 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. He said now. I like it. There's a reference there. Now I we ambassadors. Is it not there? Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, it's a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. That verse 18. That, that, that all things are of God. Now, that, 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 that. Verse 20. Now. Somebody say now. now. Yeah, but a lot of people, it's not now. They will be ambassadors tomorrow because they must finish their master's program. They must do their PhD. They must do a specialty. That's it. That's the ambassadorial assignment will start tomorrow. But now are we ambassadors. That's why you are here. If you are on earth, you are here as an ambassador. Let me tell you. When we learn to live our lives as ambassadors, eh, the things others crave for, the things others pray for, the things others hunger for, the things others fight for, they will come to us naturally. Yeah. If you understand how ambassadors function, they don't eat at their own expense. They don't even eat local food. Ambassadors don't eat local food. When the American ambassador is coming to Ghana, all their food is their shipment comes every three, three months. It comes. Every three, three months. If they eat Ghana food, it's because they are developing a negative appetite. Or they want to taste something. The same way the American ambassador is handled by his government. That's the same way the Togolese ambassador is handled. Uh, they say fuel prices have gone up. They don't know it. Because they don't buy it. The government that brought them. Let's see. I'll go back to teach on the kingdom again. The government that brought them is committed to them. You know the wealth of an ambassador? Every ambassador is as rich as his home country. He's as rich as his home country. And do you know that they stand to lose every benefit as an ambassador the moment they are recalled? <laughs> yeah. All the people who are ambassadors, uh, Ghana High Commission to London, as long as uh, Mahama was in charge, they were in power. The moment Mahama left, <laughs> their position came to an end. But we are serving the king who is ever on the throne. They can be voted on and be voted out. So when we remain committed to his cause, he becomes committed to our cause. You see, a lot of people use prayer for the wrong reasons. Prayer is not a platform for demanding things. Obedience is a platform. Obedience is what? Obedience is a platform. Obedience is a platform. Yeah. In the years I have pastored, people who are quick to obey, I have seen God change their level faster than people who are quick to pray. People who are quick to obey. 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 Because people can sacrifice a lot of things, but to obey, they will not. So Bible said, to obey is better than what? Sacrifice. To obey. They will do all manner of things because they simply want to evade obedience. But obedience is a currency. Obedience. Somebody say obedience. obedience. Say obedience. obedience. Yeah. A zealous soul will not pursue lost souls with a deep sense of responsibility and necessity. Somebody say a deep sense. Deep sense. Say a deep sense. A deep sense of responsibility 
and necessity. This is Apostle Paul speaking. For if I preach the gospel, First Corinthians 9, 16, if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory in. Nothing to glory in. Nothing. I have nothing to glory in. I have nothing to glory in. Listen, it's my passionate prayer and desire that God will become first in your life. Praise God. Your greatest temptation in life is who will come first in your life. Who you decide to make first. Who or what you decide to make first in your life. Your greatest temptation. Do you know that that's the first commandment? You shall have no other God before me. Most of the time, when you read the Old Testament and you don't see it in the context of the New Testament, you have problems. What Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, is the same thing as was written in the book of Exodus 20, verse 1. Thou shalt, I'm the Lord thy God who brought you out of the land. Thou shalt have no other God before me. He said, no one can serve two masters. One will be first and one will be last. And I want to be first. That's all. I want to be first. It's a principle. You will fight it all the time. As long as you live, you have to fight it. When it has to do with money. When you receive your money, who comes first? Your needs or God's? Yeah. Look at this. A deep sense of responsibility. Paul said necessity. Somebody say necessity. Say necessity. Necessity is laid unto me. War is me if I preach not the gospel. Look at this. He pursued it with a deep sense of responsibility. Ezekiel 3 verse 17 to 18. The son of man, I have made thee a what man for the house of Israel. Therefore hear the word from my mouth and give them warning for me. Look at this. Look at verse 18. He said, When I said to the wicked, you shall surely die, and you give him no warning, nor speak to warn the wicked from his way to save his life, that same wicked man shall die in his iniquity. But I will require his soul at your, at your, at your, yeah. For every person who is not born again around you, and you encounter, and he gets to die without knowing, you have to answer for his soul someday. Because every born again child is God's watchman. You watch out and that's why you have to preach the word instant in season and out of season. Because you don't know who you are dealing with. Everybody you meet is potentially lost. So you have to, all the time, because you can't look at people's faces and say, ah, this guy is safe. That guy is safe. Just fire the word. Someone say fire the word. Let the seed of the word go forth. A zealous soul will not engage every possible means to win people to the Lord. He engages every possible means. Somebody say every possible means. First Corinthians chapter 9 verse 19 to 23. For though I am free from all men, I am free from all men. I have made myself servant unto all. That I may win the more. I may win. I want to win more people, so I'm free from all men. I'm free from all men. I've made myself servant unto all. He said, look at this. He said to the Jew, I became as a Jew that I may win the Jews. To those who are under the law, as under the law, that I may win those who are under the law. To those without law, that I may... He said, I have made myself servant unto all. To the weak, I became weak. I have become all things unto all men, that I might by all means save some. Somebody say save some. Now look at this. You see, everything has to do with I, I, I. I think it's very instructive. Soul winning is not waiting for the sinner to take initiative. It's for the believer to take initiative. I, I am made this, I am made this, I am made this, I am made this. You don't wait for sinners to come to you. You go to them. You don't wait for them to raise the matter. You raise up the matter with them. Every opportunity you get, 
They are in need. It's an opportunity. They ask for prayer. It's an opportunity. You meet them on the lockway. They look moody. I mean, I like Joseph. Joseph entered into the prison and immediately he knew that things were wrong with the people because he was all out. Look at them. And they were very sad. He said, what is wrong with you? What happened to you last night? A soul winner is all the time looking for opportunity to engage someone. He prays for laborers. He gives every other opportunity he can use. He uses it. Number 12. A zealous soul winner makes great sacrifices for salvation and establishment of souls. Someone say great sacrifices. Say great sacrifices. Yeah. A believer is rated. We are rated before God by the quality of our sacrifices. Somebody say the quality of our sacrifices. Your quality. The quality of your sacrifices. We have been saved to offer sacrifices. That's what we have been saved unto. Look at this. Mark chapter 10 verse 28 to 29. He said, Then Peter began to say to him, See, we have left. Somebody say we have left. Look at this. We have left. Look on the screen please. We have left all we have left all. What have you left? Yeah. What have you left? Most of us have not left much, but we want to receive so much from God. <laughs> it's interesting. No? The truth of the matter is that already we have received so much from God, but we don't want to leave anything at all, even for him. After all that we have received from God, we still struggle to give the least to God. He said, we have left all and we have followed you. See, we have left all and followed you. This is Peter. Look at verse 29. Jesus began to answer him. Because see, God is a rewarder. Somebody say God is a rewarder. He's a crazy rewarder. It's impossible. Some people say, when we give, we must not expect to receive from God. That makes God a cheat. That must not be your primary motivation for giving. But even when you don't expect, God will give to you much more than you expect. Because he must not break his record. Look at this. Jesus said unto him, surely, assuredly. Somebody say, assuredly. That means without fail. I'm telling you a matter of fact. I said to you, there is no one who has left house, brother, sisters, father, mother, wife, or children, or lands for my sake. And the gospel, this generation there, the people who live this kind of thing, they are very few. There is no one who has left all of this. These are things people value and cherish. Can you see that? Every one of these here. House. Hey. As we sell my house for the gospel. No. My land for the gospel. No. My children. No, no, no. You know, the reason why a lot of people cannot be active in church is because they have children. I'm not complicating here. They have children. They have children. The blessing God gave you is almost becoming a curse now. We have left all to follow you. He says, everyone who has left any of these for my sake and the gospels. Somebody say the gospels. The gospels. Sake. Look at this. Verse 30. Who shall not receive a hundredfold? No! In this time. And brought this. He said in this time. Somebody say in this time. If you go back 29, he said, anyone who has left a house, go back, go back, go back, go back. You see, you see, who has left a house? Brothers, sisters, fathers. When you come back to 30, he talks about houses. Because give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together. Right? That's how God gives. Lands. 
with persecutions and the life to come. Eternal life. That's what God promises. You will never see it by praying. Lord, I pray for 100 for return. They don't pray for it. They just obey God and sacrifice to God for it. Yeah. What's a person who lives sacrificially for God? The future of that man cannot be told by anybody. Praise God. Yeah. That's it. Convenient Christianity never pays. I'm telling you. Convenient Christianity. The Christianity that costs you nothing. It will not bring you much. It will never bring you much. Doesn't cost you relationship. Doesn't cost you money. Doesn't cost you time. You are just fine. Really? No. I don't see any slave who lives a fine life. Paul said, I am a born servant of Christ. You are just fine. Everything you do is at your convenience. Let's go for so many at your convenience. Come to church at your convenience. You are not a Christian. No, no, no. no. That's not how Christians live. Christians live as servants. Am I communicating here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to grow up. That's how Christians live. Christians don't live for themselves. Paul said that, for if I yet please myself, I'm not a servant of Christ. So if everything you are doing, it's okay. <laughs> That's not how it goes. Zealous soul winners trust God for increase in all his soul winning engagements. I'm almost there. He said, who is then Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you believe, as the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Somebody say, God gave the increase. Yeah, God gave the increase. I've been following this person up. I've been calling him, he's not responding. It is God who gives the increase. It is God who gives the increase. So trust God, thank him for increase and keep on sowing. Number 14, a zealous soul winner is conscious of supernatural rewards for all his soul winning efforts. Supernatural, somebody say supernatural rewards. Say supernatural rewards. I've just showed you one. Mark says, everyone who has left anything for my sake, he shall receive hundredfold. Jesus said, he that repaired, received wages. Paul said, I mean, all of them, this is a consistency. Jesus said, he that repaired, received wages. Paul said, if I do this willingly, I have a reward. And then, Mark, Jesus also spoke about, they who shall receive. Number 15. A zealous soul will not understand that his attitude in pursuing lost souls is a critical factor in receiving his promised rewards. My attitude. Somebody say my attitude. Say my attitude. Not just uh, this week we are, we are in it so you just go after this week you go back. No, 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 no. Every kingdom engagement yields with consistency. Produces results with what? Produces results with what? Consistency is the rule of the game. Consistency is the rule of the game. All spiritual engagement, if it's prayer, the more you pray consistently, that's when you see the results of prayer. If it's giving, it's the same thing. So those who start and they post, you don't go far. Consistency. Somebody say consistency. That's what Paul said. If I do this willingly, he's talking about attitude. How do I do it? Am I doing it because I feel that if I don't go, pastor will say that he didn't come. They will call me. That is not an attitude. No? If I do this willingly, I have a reward. Apostle Paul was speaking. Timothy 4 verse 5. But watch thou in all things endure affliction. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. For I am now ready to be poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure is at hand. 
I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me. Somebody said, there is laid up for me. Yeah. If you've not finished the race, there is nothing laid up for you. Yeah. First Corinthians 15, 58. He said, let's look at the attitude there and I close. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58. The New Living Translation. So, my dear brothers, be strong and immovable. Somebody say strong. Say strong. And E. Strong and E. Always do what? Sometimes work for. Sometimes. When you are okay. When you have money. When you have passed your exams. When things are going your way. He says work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Yeah. Why is it that what you do seems to be useless? It's because, <laughs> check it. Why is it? Only you. It's as if whatever you do is useless. It's not useless. Check the attitude, the consistency of the attitude. Always. And he says, do it enthusiastically. With joy, with excitement, with gladness. As if they are going to pay you tomorrow. You know, every person who is entitled to salary is happy when they go to work. But at a certain time of the month, they are more happy at doing the work. When the paycheck date is drawing closer, their energy level goes up. The Bible said that's how we have to be doing it. Enthusiastic. Excitedly. Woo. There is no sermon I have preached that I'm not looking happy. But I have preached some sermons feeling very weak in my body. And sometimes very sick. The work of the Lord is done with a certain attitude. Serve the Lord with... Serve the Lord with what? Serve the Lord with gladness. Oh. But do you know we don't only serve God with gladness? <laughs> I, I, I saw Paul was speaking to the uh, Ephesian church and he said, Serving the Lord with all humility and tears. <laughs> Today, when people are in tears, they don't serve God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Sacrifice. When you are in tears, you are still serving. Am I communicating? Yeah. Epiphraditus, the Bible said, he was sick unto death for the work of God's sake. Today. Ah! <laughs> no, we have to be very careful. We don't have to kill ourselves. I pray that in this house we will have men and women who are ready to die for the Lord. <laughs> because the only way to live better is to be ready to die for God. The only way. Somebody say the only way. The people who lived and lived better, they were people who were always willing to die for God. Paul died in an old age. He said, Paul the agent. Peter said, as the Lord has shown me, very soon I will put away my tabernacle. And these people were willing. Daniel said that I go into the lions and if I die, I die. Esther said if I die. The only woman who has a whole book. Not many women had books named after them. In the Bible. Deborah was a warrior. Was anything named after her. Very few. The one who gave birth to Jesus does not have a book to her name. There are two women and those two women understood the rules of the gate. Ruth and Esther. Commitment, Ruth. 
commitment was doggedly committed. Nothing. He said, when you die, I will die. Loyalty and faithfulness. Book was named after him. Esther said, if I perish, I perish. A book was named after him. Listen, if you want to count much for God and for eternity, he said, as for this world here, you can achieve a lot and I want you to achieve a lot. But I honestly don't expect you to achieve much more here. If you achieve much more here than you are achieving much more, then you've wasted your life. If I don't tell you, I'm not a good man of God. If your achievement here, you are proud of yourself more here than you are proud of yourself there, you've wasted your life. Because this life is the shortest life you ever live. This life is the shortest life you will ever live. Live to be a hundred. I believe in long life. But I'm ready to die anytime. I'm ready to die anytime. Because what awaits me there is more important to me than what awaits me here. Live your life well. Live your life well. Live your life well. Live your life well. Don't live your life for men. Live your life for God. May the Lord bless you tonight. Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our services at our headquarter church from 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, which is our Excel service, and from 8.45 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. for our second service, which is our celebration service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Auditorium. Station, Santasa Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook, or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh,